Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, it's Pastor Jeff Woodward here from Metro Church Live at Five as we call it. And what a joy it is to be sharing on this very special day. Obviously it's Father's Day here in Australia. We call it on a men day at Metro and the reason we do that is not to take away the honour from the dads but really because we understand that for a lot of people, uh, you know, perhaps the opportunity to be a father isn't there. or And, and we felt anyway that we wanted to raise the, the appreciation of manhood generally. So we call it Honor Men Day. We do the counterpart to that on Mother's Day. We call it Celebrate Women Day. Anyway, it's great to be with you. And I've got some special guests with me that I'll be introducing in more detail in a little moment's time. But let me know, uh, let you know about some exciting things that are coming up. Firstly is online prayer. That's this Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Western Standard Time, so Perth time. Uh, and you can join online. I know there are people joining from Tasmania, from all over the place for that. Uh, we had someone from Indonesia last time there joining in and uh, that time of prayer goes for around about an hour, but what a powerful thing it is. I believe that every prayer prayed by a believer is a powerful thing. And I mean that. I, I don't think there's such a, a thing as a believer praying a, a an insignificant prayer. So I'd encourage you to be a part of that. If you would like the link to that online Zoom prayer gathering, then simply email us info, I-N-F-O, at metrochurch, M-E-T-R-O church dot org, O-R-G dot A-U. And uh, we would love to send you the link for that for this Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Western Standard Time. Hey, but next Sunday night, it won't be just online. It is going to be pack the building for Retro at Metro with none other than our very own the Reverend Dr. Michael Battersby. <laughs> Michael has just been such a champion, he and his wife Linda, in the life of Metro Church for many, many years now. Michael just gained his earned doctorate in the psychology of performance, I think was uh, his thesis. And he's a brilliant musician, greatly loved, and was really the driving force behind, I think it's 20 or 21 albums live albums done here out of Metro Church over the years. And uh, so we're providing, wait for it, we're providing some of the CDs. Oh, you wow. can get wow. the CDs, <laughs> awesome. three in the set for $5. Wow. It's ridiculously cheap. And all the proceeds are going to hope. And uh, But as well as that, Michael's leading the entire service and uh, singing some of the famous old songs that you've never heard, <laughs> you will have, uh, This Is The Church. Remember that one? Yes, I sung on some of those albums, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun, for sure. And knowing Michael, who's Mr. Unpredictable, yes. uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. But, you know, he told me during the week, he said, I really feel like I've got a word from God That's great. Uh, to share on the night. So I think it's going to be a night not to be missed. And uh, our... Our amazing, I was going to say caterer, but he's far more than that for how we describe Leo. <laughs> but Leo's put together special retro at Metro food. Yeah, right. Let's go. There's stuff like, 
again, you're too young for this, but in the old days used to be sayo biscuits with a <laughs> slice of tomato on top and, and fairy bread. Fairy bread. That's awesome. making a comeback. And I'm pretty sure, at special request from Pastor Bruce, there's international roast coffee. <laughs> yes. He's shaking his head back there because he thinks he thinks that it's not even good enough to pave roads with. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be there anyway. And it'll be a lot of fun in the night, a lot of opportunities. So come on, everyone. Uh, make sure you're here next Sunday night for that. It's going to be great. And we're so looking forward to it. You know, one of the things that I am most pleased about, I think, is the culture of generosity that exists here at Metro Church. You know, a destiny offering last week, $294,724. That's so far. And honestly, if you were here for that or you were with us online, you'll know how low-key the entire uh, opportunity was that we gave to have that kind of response in this kind of season, I think is one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. And you don't get that unless there is a great lean-in in the church of people saying, generosity is the way I do life, mm-hmm. and I want to be obedient to God. So thank you again for every one of you, no matter who you are. I know there were people online uh, that don't come to the building because you can't, you live too far away. And you said I wanted to be a part of Destiny Offering, and I just so appreciate that. And uh, I know God will reward you for it. It's not about what we say. It's about the fact that God blesses. And so, again, uh, in this generosity moment, for all the ways that you're going to be able to give and the app, on the website, uh, so many of us, I know my wife and I, it just happens every single week, our bank does it. But as I said this morning, before it ever gets done by an accountant or a data entry person, whoever it is, I don't know, an algorithm uh, at a bank somewhere or other, before it ever came from there, it's always coming from my heart. So let's pray together. Just believe God together. Never let the offering just be, I put it in, you know, with a casual thing. Never let it be like that. Every single time I go, I'm doing this, I'm committing, I'm tithing, I'm giving, I'm blessing, I'm investing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this service and for the incredible honor and opportunity we have. We're we're not just here, a few of us in a studio, but the Holy Spirit is here with Mm. us. We're so aware, Holy Spirit, you are here because tonight is not a night about information. It's a night about impartation. It's a night about revelation. And I believe that tonight is going to be incredibly powerful. For so many people, some people are going to say that night changed my life. Mm. I'd never understood how to move beyond all that I'd had in my childhood until that moment. I was able to forgive for the first time. I was able to love. I was able to reconnect. God, I thank you for the miracles that will take place out of tonight. But Lord, in this giving moment, would you pour out blessing? God, we believe we walk in blessing. It's not a moment. It's not someone else that controls it. It's you. We're grateful for your hand and your favor over our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I kind of got ahead of myself there a little bit because (laughs) 
I just got carried away with the whole realization the Holy Spirit's here. Help me welcome, would you, my very good friend, Nathan Ronson. Thank welcome, you. Nathan. <laughs> Great to have you here. And Gabby Partha, who I remember almost from babyhood, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, in the church. But just thank you both on no, Father's Day and on a midday for taking the time to be here with us. Uh, a little bit later in the service, we're going to have opportunity for Pastor Bruce to be able to lead us in ministry time, and I know that's going to be powerful. I, I feel that about tonight. I really do that. Mm. God is going to use what you guys say to be able to impact the lives of others. So let me start with you, Nathan, because sure. you you were on video, and that was so totally not arranged. I had no knowledge that Pastor Rhonda was asking you to appear <laughs> in the video. She didn't know I'd already asked you to be on this. Uh, so it's kind of great the way that happened. But I know for any of you that missed this morning's service, uh, it stays up on YouTube. Of course, you can go back and be a part of it again. But you talked about your upbringing but let me just find out about the you, who you are now first. Sure. Married to Anna. Yep. Beautiful daughter, Emily. Yep. Emily Sydney. Yes. And there's a reason for the Sydney connection, huh? Yes. Where were you born? I was born in Sydney. Born in Sydney. How old were you when you came to Perth? Oh, only nine months old. Oh, okay. Nine months old. Yes. And what do you do now? I work as a lab assistant in one of Perth's major hospitals and been there for 21 years. <laughs> wow and but you've uh, we could spend time talking about your afl yes. uh, I, I would almost there's not enough obsession hours, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's kind of famous by the way if any of you know dennis Cometti, who's probably the voice of afl for was for channel seven for many years yes, he was, yeah. and yet this guy won a competition at a grand final breakfast was it uh, yes, in 2012, and I wrote him a letter and asked him how I could get started in the industry. Because um, um, you won a competition on the day, didn't you, to commentate on? Yes, to, comment, yeah. to commentate, yeah. and, um, and so many people said to me how good I was that I um, actually wrote him a letter and said, how do I get started? And he said, oh, let me help you. I'll put you in with some people. Wow. And I did that for a couple of years and helped him out with a few stats and things. So. Yeah, well, Isn't that amazing? I'm always, <laughs> I'm always flabbergasted at the yeah. depth of the life of people in this yeah. church. You know what yeah, I mean? Like everyone, everyone's just amazing in the story they have. So thank you uh, for that. Um, Gabby, because I don't want to, I want to get right into this with both of you. Yeah. But uh, where were you born? I was born in the Middle East in Oman. That's Oman? Oman. Oh. Yeah, so on the coast of something in the Middle East. Okay, on the coast of something. <laughs> so how <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. How old were you when you came to Perth? Uh, six. six. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you remember a childhood then in Oman then? Uh, not much, honestly. Okay. Not, not much, but right. yeah, pretty much only remember stuff in Australia. Okay, yeah. so you now are studying, aren't you? Yes, I'm studying at UWA, studying law there. Law. Oh, well, undergrad, wow. law. undergrad, undergrad law. Undergrad law. And what do you want to be? Do you want to be a judge? Uh, well, the plan is to be something international, international lawyer. That would be really wow. cool. Wow. Something in um, something to do with the United Nations or like the criminal yeah. court there. That would be really wow. cool. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would be really cool. Fantastic. Yeah. And you're single. I am single. That was yeah. a, that's not that an advertisement. That's not an advertisement. That's not an I just I say that single. to say Nathan's married and got a uh, a beautiful daughter. How old is Emily? Eight. 
So you've got an experience of what it is to be a dad, but you've got that to look forward to in That's your true. life. Yeah. Uh, but your mum and dad and your brother are part of this church as yeah. well. So family yeah. Yeah, and right. church and your family are in this church as well. But let me come back to you, Nathan, because um, this isn't about um, delving into the perhaps the unpleasant parts of, of but but I love the way you have been able to honor your dad at the same time being very honest about the fact that your dad had some major addiction issues. Yeah, well, he, um, by the time uh, we came to Perth, when I was nine months old, he brought me here by himself. Um, um, and he was a single father and I was an only child. And Nine months? Yeah, um, he often told the story wow. about um, how... Pretty much for that four-hour flight, he, I was passed around the plane pretty much <laughs> and yeah, went to about a hundred different women on the plane who were like, oh, it's such a beautiful baby and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so um, he often told me that story. But, um, yeah, he raised me by himself. Uh, it was a bit of a difficult breakup with my mum. And um, I think very early on he didn't really... He struggled with, with being a single father. It obviously, is not acceptable back then as it is now that was yeah, 1973 yeah. so um it was quite difficult for him and i think um uh he kind of turned to alcohol as a little bit of a way to deal with the whole right. thing um and so it wasn't until um as i mentioned this morning until i was about 14 that he managed to kind of say okay this is enough i don't want to live this way anymore you said to this to me just in conversation i've known you a long while but i didn't know a lot of your story really yeah but I thought this was pretty amazing that mm. you said your dad gave it up because he wanted to give you a better life than the one that you'd had up to that point. Well, first and foremost, he was told by the doctor that if he didn't stop, he'd die. Yeah, well. Um, so I think the first thing was, you know, oh, I don't want to, I want to live. So, mm. but then I think more, the more as it went along, the more it was, you know, that can make you stop for a little while. Yeah, but I think to sustain that, you have to have another reason. And I think mm -hmm. as it got further along, it was more about, all right, well, you know, I can live a better life, and I want to give my son mm -hmm. a better life. And so you're 14 before he gives up alcohol. Yeah, and you told me, or you said today in the video rather, that the entire extended family, alcohol was a massive issue. Yeah, it and was. that when your dad said to everyone, no that rather than celebrate him, the rest of the extended family actually kind of piled on were like, you know. Yeah, well, there was some... Um, one of the reasons that he brought me over here um, was there was two brothers here and their wives, and obviously he needed help raising a child, being a single parent. Um, and um, those two brothers were big drinkers as well, and um, I think it was difficult for them to accept that he wasn't going to be drinking with them anymore mm. um and understandably in a certain sense he kind of went off his own way and thought well i'm not going to do this anymore and they didn't really like didn't really like that very much um and i think some of the other family as well um his dad had been killed um uh through alcoholism um crossing a road got hit by a wow. bus or something and um i think a lot of the other brothers and sisters because he was one of 13 as i mentioned this morning um a lot of the other brothers and sisters had actually struggled with it a fair bit too wow wow, wow. yeah 
there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? <laughs> well, uh, thank you for sharing it because, again, a lot of times, you know, the way this works, sometimes people look at Christians and go, or you're the goody two-shoes brigade, or mm. you've got it all together, and what has that got to say with me? But the reality is, when you read the New Testament, Jesus spent an awful lot of time with people that were incredibly broken. Mm. The woman at the well, uh, you know, she said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've truly spoken. You've had five. Mm. The one you've got now is not your husband. And you go, so Jesus brought a revelation of who he was mm. to someone who in their culture have had five husbands. And the one you've got now you're living with, that was like, hello, you know, mm. <clears throat> she may as well have just have been totally ostracized in the society. You know, Zacchaeus, the guy who's really colluding with the Romans to rob his own people. Mm. You know, the woman who was caught in adultery. You know, um, Mary Magdalene, the prostitute. It seems to me like Jesus didn't go and say, sorry, your problems are way too ugly. Yeah. They're too dirty. I don't want anything to do with it. And so that's why when I hear your story, I just think, thank God that we have a savior. I was saying to a friend of mine this afternoon who's just been walking through a massive health thing, and he, he's struggling a little bit at the end of it with the emotion stuff part of it. I said, you know what? I said, I needed a savior before I got saved. Mm. And having gotten saved, he doesn't vanish. I still need a saviour yeah. who saves. Yeah. You know, and I know... How long have you been a Christian now? Uh, since August 8th, 1993. Oh. <laughs> I remember the whole yeah. experience. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. month. So, you know that the Christian life is not, you know, everything's awesome and beautiful forever and a day. Yeah, that's right. you got your days where you, you know, it's... Some is a bit like surfing a wave or a roller coaster, I know. And so I love the fact that you've kept journeying through all of that and processing some of the stuff mm. of your upbringing. Mm. You know, I know because I met your dad, Nev. Uh, I think we've got a couple of photos, have we? Can we show that? Um, this is Nathan's father. There he is. Hey. Beautiful. <laughs> there he is with a little Nathan. Here's another one. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's you as a teenager. Yeah, right, about 16 there. Yeah, about 16. Yeah, right. Ah, there you are. That's about 10, 10, 12 years ago, I think, that one. I remember your dad, uh, he came to church. Yes. Quite a lot of times, made a commitment to Christ yep. and just, and we were so thrilled. He's now in heaven, by the way. So, uh, you know, I know that even though you miss him now, you will see him again and yep. free of all those issues. But, um, I, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled that you've journeyed it. Can I ask you, this is yeah, please. a bit blunt, but yeah. was it hard for you? Um, it was because I didn't understand a lot of what was going on in my childhood. And when I, oh, see, he went to Al Alcoholics Anonymous in oh. 1987 when I was about 14. And he said to me, well, why don't you start going to Alateen, which is a, okay. uh, for teenagers. And so I started to understand actually a lot of what happened. Because, wow. you know, being a kid, you don't really know. And once I started to understand what had happened, I became a little bit of a difficult teenager, really? <laughs> to be honest. Um, because I was going to ask you about that, because at yeah. some point or other, you can get angry at the person because of their flaw and failure. Yeah. 
it, and I've met a lot of people like this who yeah. carry around, a, they feel guilty about feeling angry mm. that this person has been like they are. Yeah. Well, he kind of started to get himself together and I went the other way. Oh, really? Because I, I and uh, you know, I started to really struggle as a teenager and through high school. Um, I didn't make friends very well. I was a bit of a loner. And I think um, trying to process all of that had happened in my childhood. And I think in a way it kind of led me to become a Christian and wow. to find God because I realized that I couldn't deal with it. Wow. I couldn't deal with it in my, funny? in my own strength. Yeah. I couldn't face wow. a lot of the things that had happened. And so I needed God to, to help me because I tried a million different ways to process all of those feelings and all wow. of those thoughts and all of that anger and all of the kind of, you know, what did you do to my childhood kind of thing. Wow. Um, and I understand a lot more now that I'm a dad and the pressures he was under and how yeah. difficult it is to raise a child. But... Um, as a teenager and in my early twenties, I got saved when I was twenty-one. Um, it was very, it was very hard, and I think oh. I, I often uh, tell the story that you said last week how God has apprehended every one of us, and I really related that because I, I felt like God grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, "If you don't get saved, you're not going to survive." Wow. So. Wow. And it was true because I. Um, wow. I won't go into too much detail, but I pretty much in my teenage years woke up every morning feeling uh, suicidal Wow! and um, didn't know how to cope with all of that stuff. Wow. So, um, yeah, so it was God that got me through, but, and also the fact that I can look at the whole thing in a really positive light and be wow. able to honour my dad, like you said, and I see, I said to my wife today, I said, I see my dad now in all the good things that he did. Yeah, he did some things that were bad, but I've processed all of that, dealt with it, and healed, and God's healed all of that for me. I think it's, that's yeah. so amazing. Really, really. I'm, I'm proud of you, Thank you. for <laughs> not having given in when it would have been easy, because I've known you a fair while, and, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I think one of the things that every church needs to have is a huge serving of grace for ourselves and for each other. Absolutely. Because none of us are perfect, which, mm. Gabby, you, your story is nothing like Nathan's. No, you are yeah. grown up, yeah. I think your family have been church-going Christians your whole life, haven't they? Yeah, um, even grandparents, so. Oh, really? Yeah, and then even before that, probably. Can yeah. I jump in, though, and say yeah. this? Because, you know, I'm a dad and a granddad. You're a father. Yeah. There are no perfect fathers. <laughs> not me, not you, no. not your dad. And so, you know, we're not asking you to tell us the worst thing about your family. I was like, you better not. No. Uh, but, you know, what was being fathered like for you? What's, how's that worked out? Oh, definitely nothing like Nathan's story. Um, oh. it's, most of it was just actually a lot centered around the word right. and around God. Because right. my earliest memories are actually coming to Australia. And um, we were actually in the backpackers down the road in Billabong, right? Um, and oh, I remember really? one of the first memories there is that like we're all around like our bed, kneeling down and like praying and reading God's word. Wow. And um, from whatever I can remember, like I already kind of knew like Bible stories and all, and all that then. And then we were actually kind of saying, oh, what's the actual meaning behind this? And like wow. from six. So all I can remember is actually 
being surrounded by God's promises, God's word. That's awesome. And um, yeah, yeah and <laughs> bit jealous, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, it's great. That's so good. Um, yeah, and just like mum and dad actually holding on to those promises and to those words yeah. strongly, and like you know, yeah. Wow. Kind of what I so, mean. at what point do you feel like you made your own commitment mm. rather than going, "That's mum, that's dad." Yeah. Because uh, again, yeah. uh, that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to people with very yeah. different uh, experiences. Because again, a lot of people think if you're a if you're a Christian and your parents were, yeah. well, that's because you know they pushed you into it, or yeah. you know you couldn't help yourself, mm. and they miss the fact that being a Christian is your personal relationship mm. with Jesus. Yeah. You, you can't. It's like you can't have a. You can't have your parents' relationship no. with Jesus. You have your own, yeah, which no. you obviously do. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I think from actually just coming here to Metro when I was a kid in kids' church and in youth oh, yeah. and all of that, I actually remember that because actually Mark Stafford and like the guys that were down there, they actually gave us the opportunity to say yes to Jesus ourselves. Oh, wow. And I found that very, I was like, ah, oh, I'm already a Christian. You know, like <laughs> my mum and dad are Christians. They're like prayer warriors and all of that. Um, but I think it started like tugging my heart from... Uh, when I was in kids' church in youth, but um, I think maybe I, I I had a solid understanding of God and Jesus, and I went on mission trip with Pastor Bruce. Oh, really? And all of that um, in Nicaragua and all oh, those things. Yeah. But, um, wow, yeah. It's actually only last year, um, April, during COVID and through all the midst of that, where um, it's actually amazing. My family was still involved in this where at this point where I actually accepted Jesus, but it was completely on my own. Wow. So quick story. Um, I wasn't doing that great in terms of, um, you know, I, f I didn't feel like I deserved God's love in a wow. way. I felt, ah, oh, you know, like, it's all my parents kind of thing. But as I slowly started to investigate Jesus more for myself, actually start to understand the sacrifice, which I think is a big part because I just look at Jesus, oh, he died on the cross, you know? Yeah. But I didn't really understand that sacrifice and the, how much that helped. Wow. Um, so once I understood that for myself, actually... I uh, went down to mom and dad downstairs one day, um, and I was like, oh, this is how I'm feeling. And um, Michael was there as well, and we actually all just got around together. And I was like, I think I actually want to truly accept Jesus and you know, um, actually acknowledge God for sacrificing his life for me. Yeah. And it, I think it was that moment, a April 20th, I'm pretty sure, it just clicked. And I was like, you know, this is actually something I actually want to live my life fully Isn't for. That so, yeah. That's awesome. Well done. Yeah. I think that's so great, <laughs> so wonderful. You, Nathan, I'm pretty sure you told me that you wanted to go to church when you were a kid. Yeah, that's wow. true. I, um, Even we, though your father... No, we no never one, had any background in Christianity or anything at all. Well, no one ever... You know, the word God or Jesus was never even mentioned. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least um, not in the way that most of us do. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, but I remember waking up one day and just going, I need to go to church. And I was only maybe five or six years old. Oh, really? And wow. yeah. I remember and I remember hassling my dad day after day, week after week, month after month, <laughs> to the point that he got so exasperated with me. And it's like, just leave Because he'd wake up Sunday mornings a lot of the time hungover. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want to do anything. So, And I was like, Dad, you've got to take me to church. Because there was this church... Um, in Balga, where we were living in Balga, and, and I think it's still there, actually. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was a church in Balga. We used to go down to the shops all the time, and the church was actually near the shopping centre. And I used to see this place and, and always just go, oh, that looks really good. That looks like 
fun. Um, and um, and so I think it, I think it took a year or two before he actually went. Oh, all right, I'll take you. I'll take you. <laughs> Just shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> um, so I um, I went to Sunday. He took me to Sunday school, and it was it was awesome. I remember feeling, but I I remember feeling wonderful and enjoying it. But I remember thinking like, whatever it is, I needed to do. I've done it now. Um, but I also told you that there was a lot of values in in my dad that were very much Christian based. He couldn't live them. Like he didn't feel like he had the strength to be able to live them, but he was always sprouting and he was always talking about um, considering other people and putting other people first and thinking about others. And, you know, it was drilled into me from a very young age, those values. And I think that was God, you know, and he would always say, he would always see, Christian people and stuff, and he'd always go, geez, I wish I had the strength to do that. I wish I had, wow, the, really? I wish I had the faith to do that, you know, like, but so he kind of knew the right way to live, but he just couldn't find yeah, the strength to do it at the time until later in his life. Um, so maybe that's part of the reason that I wanted to go to church as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did tell you the story as well that about five or six years after that, I must have got a bit big for my boots when I was about 12 or 13. And I saw something on television and that was talking about God or whatever. And I said, oh, I did all that. I said, while I was watching, I said, oh, I did all that church thing. I went once and, and um, I'm not even sure if God's real anymore. And um, he said to me, don't ever say that. He said, God is wow. real. He wow. said, you know, he said, just because I don't go, it doesn't mean that it's not true and it's not wow. real. He said, don't ever say that God's not real. And, and I remember thinking, and I never forgot that. And I remember yeah, wow. thinking, oh, wow, you know, even though he doesn't go to, there's still that, yeah. he's got a level of faith, you know, a small amount there. Yeah. And I think that might have, that seed kind of always stayed with me. It's it's interesting, oh, wow. though, that a lot of times the things that mums and dads, you know, we have baby dedications here, often it seems to me, because there's always people having babies, uh, you know, but one of the things that every parent wants to do is we want to, you know, provide for our children, etc., and everything else. And yet the things that are going to most impact the lives of our children, you've referenced it, uh, and you have as well, is watching your mum and dad be people of prayer, not out of a religious, you know, ritual kind of a deal, but out of a faith that says God's listening. That kind of thing, you know, you kind of can't just lightly toss those things off. You, they encounter you and they they challenge you really yeah. I think one of the one of the you know your I know your mum and dad mm. and they're beautiful people I know your dad I loved your dad I really did I he just reminded me of all the quintessential Aussie blokes I've known. he was you know. the Aussiest bloke he's you'd a, ever meet he's yeah. the Aussie from the bush yeah, kind <laughs> of a bloke you know but and I know your mum and dad and I say this with the utmost respect but I also know I'm not I haven't been a perfect parent. I haven't been the perfect husband or anything else. I don't think any of us are. And yet the thing that your mum and dad gave you was more than education, more than this safe, beautiful country of Australia. Yeah. There's a spiritual heritage, don't you think? Yeah, that, that, and yet, I mean, can you explain it any better than I'm stumbling around? Um, you being a lawyer is going to argue in front of the Hague, <laughs> oh. the International Court of the Hague. Here's your moment. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Um, How do you explain that sense of spiritual heritage? 
that you've been given? Wow. Um, this is off the cuff, honestly, <laughs> as you can is. tell. You know, we, don't, we don't script these things. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I just think that it's um, the amount of faith that mom and dad actually needed to wow. actually, one of the things you said, like, bring me to a safe environment here in Australia. Um, the amount of faith that, like, mom and dad needed coming from a family that, like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a thing that you did in India, yeah. especially yeah. from, like, the, um, the environment that mom and dad c came from to where I am. It's very different. Wow. Um, and, like, I think out of that, they were actually able to, because the faith that God had showed them before, mm. and he's like, well, why wouldn't he do it again? Mm. And it's just that. So how did that impact you watching that? As a young, yeah. as a boy, you know, young man, you know, as an yeah. adult, what? I don't think I fully understood it when I was younger. It's only, oh. I think only couple, past couple years where I'm actually um, telling people, they're like, oh, where, where are you from? What, what's your life story? And I'm like, wait a second, this is totally crazy. This is not going to happen in like a normal family. Oh. And I'm like, it's actually all God. And it's actually the faith that my mum and dad had, the prayers that they had. Yeah. When I was, you know, having a good time with my friends or like I was having a good time coming to Australia, they were actually on their knees. They were actually in faith, wow. believing that God was actually going to provide. That's wow. And that was so powerful. Pastor Jeff, you would know about how we came to Perth mm. virtually with nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> I, remember, I remember coming to your home for yeah. dinner at the first place you lived at and it was like, okay, this is... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and then now me looking back at that, I'm like, how is that possible? Um, mm. And then I'm like, wow. it's only truly God. So that's actually given me um, all the more faith to be like, God, if God can work through my parents, and if they were able to believe in God then, and he was able to provide, oh. why can't he do that in my life? That's and great. it's just a confidence that I know if I hold on to God's promises and God's words the same way mom and dad did, like, mm. God can do anything, really. That's great. I, I love yeah. the fact both of you are, you can tell by your demeanor, by your conversation, that both of you are in the same kind of a space, even though your backgrounds are completely different. <laughs> you're both there looking forward yeah. rather than looking backward. Yeah. You know, you're both looking forward to go, okay, for you, I get to start a new spiritual heritage. Mm totally different to the one I received. Mm. You're talking about it like, okay, if the day comes when God grants you the woman of your dreams, mm. you know, undoubtedly would be gorgeous and intelligent and very deeply spiritual and all the rest of that stuff. And then if God grants you children, you're already looking to go, I'm getting to carry on what I received. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, in Christ, regardless of what our past has been, and for so many people, I want to ask you this because I reckon every Father's Day and every Mother's Day, there'll be at least one conversation I'll have with somebody who'll say to me something along the lines of, you know, how do I honour my father or my mother who were anything but godly, were anything but wonderful, who, you know, they feel like have been the source of a lot of pain. And I, I read this only today in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 2. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Mm. And I said this to you as well as to you, Nathan, before. There aren't any perfect ones. So if you can only honor somebody who's done it right every day, 100%, mm. 
then none of us can obey no, the scripture. <laughs> so the word honor there obviously can't mean, you know, that, you know, they had to have been perfect. Mm. And neither can it mean, because God never says to you, just pretend. Mm. Forget about all that stuff yeah. and look on. So I went and I looked up the word honor, yeah. as I want to do. And it literally means to fix a valuation upon. You know, mm. you'll know what this is like. Uh, you will find out one day. If someone comes to value your house, they don't really care what you think. No. They affix an independent valuation, and that word there means you go and decide the value. And you've done that, which I think has been probably the key to your sense of wholeness now. Definitely. Is that you went and fixed a valuation on your dad, but you didn't go, oh, yeah, but he was alcoholic. Oh, yeah, but. Um, he was a single dad. You've gone and said no, and you've chosen to highlight the great things. Your dad taking you to church, uh, your dad massively making a life shift, and you've done the same because I reckon if we'd dug around a bit, and probably your dad and mum were watching, uh, <laughs> but we could probably go and find out a few missteps or a few failures, and we won't go into them. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, we could probably do that. And yet again, you're fixing a value of honor. And I just want to commend you both for that scripture says that it's the first commandment with promise. It says that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Mm. Now, back when that got written, we had a, there was almost zero understanding of the effect of your emotional state on your physical well-being. Now, science is all over it, mm. and we're saying a whole chunk of your uh, the length of time you live can be traced back to your emotional state in life. Yeah. Um, that's not even you know a hypothesis, that's fact. And for both of you to be able to go, I put honor there, God says, that's going to contribute to your well-being, to your physical well-being, to your emotional well-being. And I just think that's a, a really fantastic thing so well done to both of you for that and then one more scripture romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this it says for we know that all things work together for good to them that love god and are called according to his purpose so you've had a great upbringing it's working together for good you had a far more challenging upbringing and yet here you are now as a father let me just ask you both one more question each and then I'm going to ask you to pray because I know that in this service there's going to be a lot of people who uh, they're going to be struggling. They're going to be going, I relate to that. Mm -hmm. There'll be other people who will go, hey, you know, my parents were Christian, so I'm obviously good. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be challenged by the fact that what about me? Have I Am I following Christ myself? Yeah. So let me just ask you uh, both one question each there. How does the fathering you've received shape your fathering or your for you it's all out there in one day land yeah. uh but how do, well, let me start with you how yeah. does it shape your thoughts about who you might marry yeah. and about how you'd father if you have children um well first question who i'd marry i think definitely somebody that aligns with my values first of all but also um big part I know that dad always has, he's always the one to be like, oh, it's all right, God's got it, you know? Uh -huh. It's always, it's sometimes a bit weird, it's like, oh, 
how do you know though? <laughs> like, yeah, right, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, he just has that firm belief that, you know, we can hold on to God's promises and to his word and we can know that it will be true. That's so, pretty, yeah. I, another day it's going to have to be the dating whole deal. Oh, yeah. We'll come to that another time because, yeah. again, there's so many young people who feel like I've got to hurry up and find someone mm -hmm. uh, rather than you've just said, I'm trusting God. God's got this. Yeah. So the person I'm that God's got for me, yeah. I'm happy to uh, wait for that person to yeah. turn up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that would just go across all things for you know somebody, whoever it is, and then also in the marriage and in kids, just holding on to God's promises and yeah. to God's word, and just yeah. making sure that you know we hold on to the testimonies that we I've had in my past, mm. and actually move forward with that. So, That's great. Yeah. Nathan, you definitely have experienced the. Your story is so amazing. I've said to you before, you could write a book. They'd make a movie out of it, I think. But <laughs> you know, you find Anna in the. In, in, I don't even remember the name of the town, but in the back blocks, almost, if we can say, of Albania. Yeah, right. uh, and here you are now with the most beautiful. Uh, marriage, the most wonderful little daughter. She's such a cutie. Yeah. And uh, how does your experience of your childhood, how does that help or challenge you with fathering? Um, I think I may have said to you before that, you know, obviously not having other role models, um, except my dad, it was quite a challenge when I first became a dad and got married to be different because I'd only seen one way to wow. be. Um, so um, I think, you know, my dad used to sit there with a, uh, with a, you know, a stubby in one hand, a smoke in the other. And, um, and he'd say, um, don't you do this. So I learned, <laughs> I learned, <laughs> I learned all the ways not to do uh, parenthood. <laughs> um, so, so, he'd, uh, so I, I mean, I, I had a very, from a very young age, as I've said to you before, I was like, I'm never touching alcohol and I never did, um, never smoked. Um, but it kind of gave me a blueprint of what not to do. Yeah, well. Um, but also I think I watched the way he lived and I saw that it didn't work. Wow. And I went, okay, well, let's find out what does work because this doesn't, mm. you know, it's not working for him. Uh, look, does that I make sense? Yeah. I really want to stop here, but I really want to ask you how important has being a part of a church because you, you get these other models, mm. you know, and you see it around about you. You know, we don't just all turn up and pretty up and mm. we're there for an hour and a quarter or whatever it may be and go home. You're watching other people parent and you get an example. Like you said, the only one you had was a not great one. Mm. And But you, how important has do you think has being a part of church and hearing the word of God and watching other people parent? How's, is that... Yeah, hugely, because, I mean, uh, you know, one thing I, from my childhood uh, is I learned that um, is that the, the culture of the way people do things um, doesn't work. And so yeah, well. that's, as I got older, I went, well, I need to find out, find something that does. And that was where I was partly led to God because I thought, well, this is right. Yeah. This is the right way to live. This is the word of God. This is the almighty's word saying, you know, this is what's best for me and this yeah, is the well. way to do it. So, 
um, being in a church and seeing that example from so many people mm. um, taught me, oh, okay, this is the right way to do it, oh. even though I don't have anything based to start with. So um, that's been a wonderful example, having people around through, you know, when I first came here and mm. through the years to, you know, because I didn't get married till uh, 2008, so I was a Christian for 15 years before wow. um, this, before I got married. So, yeah, wow. I learned a lot of things, and I needed to learn a lot of things because I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, Gabby, your dad and mum, maybe, I don't know, they might be a part of this service online, mm. so if they are, I'm going to get you mm-hmm. just to say whatever you want to say to your dad on Father's Day, and we'll show the photos <laughs> oh, of yeah. Solomon and Gabby. <laughs> Come on, say what you want to say to your dad. Oh, there you are. Look at you. How old are you there, man? Um, 10, 12. 10 or 12. 10 or 12. Great. What do you want to say to your dad? Um, Happy Father's Day, Dad. Hope you like lunch, um, even though you paid for it. Um, (laughs) 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 We were meant to pay for it, but I know you got up and paid. We hope you like your present as well. Um, Yeah, happy Father's Day, Dad. Love you. That's awesome. Yeah. We're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna ask these guys to pray, and Pastor Bruce is ready for us to do ministry time in a couple of minutes. And I really want to encourage you. Look, you've heard the stories of these two guys, and you know Nathan would be one of the first to tell you it's not been just a click and everything's just permanently shifts. It's a growth thing, really. Yeah. Isn't it? And I know there's been people that have prayed with you, and I know Gabby. You've told us about your own spiritual journey again which was a growth deal so we want to make sure that if you need some help or someone to pray with please just log that through at metrochurch.online you can do it there you can send us via the email etc we'd love to hear from you Um, but before i get these guys to close this out with prayer i really want to uh, challenge you to find the savior you know as long as i've lived you know I've been a preacher now for a long time and I still, with all of my heart, I'm still so locked in on the simplicity of the Savior. I just cannot believe, like you were saying, what he did for us on the cross was far more than, it's not some historical or religious moment that's enshrined in paintings. It was a real flesh and blood man, even though he was God. It says in Philippians, he laid aside his former glory, became a man like as we are, yet without sin. And he he gave his life so that you and I can get his kind of life. And Nathan, that's the kind of life that's changed you from being this reactionary, anti, you know, guy with all the, the same set of problems just you know, the counterparts Mm. and you from being an observer of spiritual life to being a participator of it. And it all came about from you guys both. You said it before. Mm. I said my own yes Mm. to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus. Look, this is not a TV show. This is if you were sitting in front of me physically here, I'd say to you, can I pray with you? Can I lead you to Christ? And I'd get you to say a simple prayer that starts off with saying, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. And the easiest way for you to do that is simply, if you're in Australia, text your yes through to 0488 If you're on metrochurch.online, it's even easier. There's the yes button for you right now. Just bang. Tap on that and give us your email. 
If you'd like to get it via email and you're not on that platform, then you send it through to yes.metrochurch.org.au. All that will happen for you is the very next day after you do that, whatever it is. By the way, if you're a part of this service later in the week on YouTube, it still works. Go to those ways, the 0488-826-392, yes.metrochurch.org.au. And the very next morning, our team will send you a scripture. It's different every day for 30 days and a prayer different every day for 30 days. Fits on one screen of the smartphone, by the way. So it's not a lot. It would ask you to read a whole lot. We promise you we'll never write and ask you for money or for anything else. We're not here to spam you. We want to help you by giving you some encouragement out of God's word for your life. As a follow-up to your yes, you started a journey by saying yes. We want to help you grow with Christ. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. And uh, I want to say thank you to everyone. Every single week, people send in a yes. And, you know, I don't know those people necessarily. Maybe I'll never meet them until I get to heaven. But I'm confident that the Savior is watching you mm -hmm. and that he's the one you say your yes to. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. So thank you for doing that. Now, if I can do this, Nathan, I'd love you to pray for people that maybe have had a tough childhood maybe you know there's all different kind of ways yeah. that can look i want you to pray and then gabby i want you to pray for people who go maybe they've got a christian family yeah. but they've never given their personal uh step with god if yeah. you do that that'd be great thank you father god we thank you lord for oh thank you for all of those people out there who might be in a struggling position today mm -hmm might be having difficulty honoring their their father or their mother or anyone that may have hurt them in the past i just pray for the strength lord to forgive to understand lord that it helps them that it will facilitate their healing that will facilitate growth and change in their own life and be better for them in the long run i just pray for your hand upon them right now holy spirit minister Amen. to them help them to know that you're real lord and yes. to understand that that you know that you're the only one that can get inside of their mind and inside their heart and fix those things that, that have caused trouble those things that have caused them pain and hurt and i thank you lord that you reach them into a place lord right now where they've never been reached before wow. that your love and your holy spirit comes in yeah. like you did to me like you've done to so many others lord yeah. and to heal those parts that they felt like could never get better yeah. in jesus name amen amen Thank you, God. We thank you, God, for this time where people can actually listen to hope, God. And we thank you, Jesus, for those people that are out there, God, that they're, they're a curious observer, God. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that you meet them where they are at yeah. right now, God. And God, I pray, God, that you show them the weight of your sacrifice and they mm -hmm. truly understand that, God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for divine intervention where they'll be able to meet people along the way, God, because... We know that helps, and we pray, God, for more testimonies to come out of this time, God, where people will actually understand your sacrifice, and they'll see your love that, they, that you actually have for them, and that they'll be able to grasp that, God. And, yeah, I just pray for those people, and I pray that you show them your love, and they'll be able to truly understand it. Mm. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Hey, look, guys, thank you so much. You know, it's been thank a great you. day today, and um, really appreciate We have... Another one of our beautiful gift hampers yeah. here for you. Thank you. Thank you very Enjoy much. Enjoy that with our coffee. Wow. <laughs> and uh, for you, 
gab as well. There's thank a, you very much. It's all full of health food, I'm sure. Uh, thank <laughs> Not you. too sure about that one. Yeah, thank you for spending time with us. And thank you too for everyone of you that's a part of the service. We believe that online ministry is ministry. We believe that, uh, you know, well, Jesus is here and he's certainly touching lives. We know that for sure. And so thank you for being a part of it. Don't forget next Sunday night is Retro at Metro.